our next presenter is Jeff Booth. Jeff Booth is somebody we're all very lucky to have because not only does he have the right message, but he is the right messenger. Whereas a lot of us are not, let's, let's face it, I mean, come on. Uh, but <laughs> we're lucky to have Jeff, he's super eloquent, super cogent. I've learned a lot from him. We've all read his book. Uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Booth. So, the presentation today is, is kind of why this is natural, why confusion is natural when you, uh, when you think about what we're experiencing today, both in Bitcoin and the entire world. And I'm going to walk through, first I just want to play the video. So, Doctor Who, very powerful and very stupid have one thing in common. They offer, they don't alter their, uh, alter their facts or their views to fit the facts, they offer their uh, facts to fit the views. Um, and and what you and when you see Galileo in 1610 looking up at the night sky and saying um, and seeing Copernicus was right and the church saying no he was wrong you see the same thing and you see the same thing throughout uh, history um, and that creates a break in, in a bunch of people in history um, and see something different, and everybody else that sees, uh, sees the, uh, the world, and that break is hard for people to go through because it challenges everything in uh, all of their other mental models that they previously relied on. So today, just want to make sure. So, um, so today we, we're living in, as, in, as described in my book, we're living in uh, a time of two great forces colliding. One driven by technology one driven by a credit-based system. Technology is deflationary, that's a fact. Just like looking up at the night sky, a fact that, uh, that Galileo saw. And we can't face that fact. Or a lot of people, a lot of people even say, to, yeah, that's right, and they go straight on to, no, but we must live in an inflationary uh, model. And, and it has drastic implications. Everything changes, it's a 180 change from where we are today to where we're going. Uh, Mike? Okay. Uh, but it is a fact. Um, sorry, am I? Which, uh, which one is showing? Okay, that one's showing. Um, and, it, and it brings on a paradox. And it, um, falling prices would wipe out the existing uh, system that we live in in the world. And when people talk about deflation, that's what they're talking about. We're talking about a debt deflation because we've always lived in a credit-based system. And, and they get really scared of that debt deflation. So they can, on one hand, they can understand falling prices is a good thing. I want falling prices. Everything you do, you vote for falling prices in your life. Um, everything entrepreneurs do, they build, they build things that offer more value. So it just makes sense if we are all voting with our time to get more value. Entrepreneurs are only successful when they give you more value. Prices should be falling. But they can't fall from a credit-based system. Um, and, and that system uh, gets worse and worse and worse. So as it gets further and further away, the only way you could actually make money is to offer more value, automate, get more efficient. And the only way the system can, can stay solvent is print more money. And so a paradox exists, and, the, so, and, and that system can't change from the system. So 
allow free markets, complete failure of everything, manipulate money, eventually complete, complete failure of everything. Um, and that requires a different system from the system. You guys all know this, uh, this is Bitcoin. But as this is happening, it produces tons of, uh, of problems in the overall market. And that means we live in an age of misinformation. But we wouldn't see, maybe in Bitcoin we see it, we think we see it perfectly, everybody else doesn't see it. But it would, it would mean that the information is, is, is spreading wildly and everybody's being caught in their own information bubbles in that, uh, in that kind of age of misinformation. So, you've probably heard some of me saying this, but I, I contend that money is only information. We don't actually want more money. Nobody in this room wants more money. I know that sounds crazy. Um, you want, everybody says they want more money, but you don't. You want more of what you believe money will buy you. Um, because if you wanted more money, a Venezuelan note would be the same value as a U.S. dollar. Fair? If you want more of what you believe money will buy you. So for some people, that belief is, if I drive a Lamborghini, everybody will love me. Um, for, for some people, it's safety for their family. For some people, it's, um, it, it, it's uh, legacy. If I give my children this, I'll always be remembered. At the bottom of that, it's just information. And that information is what holds us together all over the world. It actually creates um, our brains, which actually can't, uh, can't, do, can't think about everything. It actually creates our brains linked together and creates a supercomputer. And what that, mean, what that means, and if you should look through a society, when you have trust and money and you have bigger cities, you have more compute. And more compute leads to better outcomes for, for people. And that's why people move to big cities with high trust. But if you looked at the other side of that, if you said, what about, what about small cities or small towns? There's not as much opportunity. There's not as much coming out of the small, small regions. Uh, that will change with te where technology is going. But historically, there wasn't as much compute, not as much brains linked together. On the opposite side of that, when you had mistrusted money in a big city, everything fell apart. So that information layer connecting us is the thing that connects all of our brains together. And we don't see it because of all of those ideas percolate together, somebody tells us something, we grab onto that, wow, and build something new. Um, and, and so if you have misinformation and money, you have to suspect you'd have misinformation everywhere. What would happen if you had technology and misinformation and money? Wouldn't you automate shit? Wouldn't you automate stuff everywhere? Wouldn't you? That was, isn't that what, in the cases, what uh, Facebook, Twitter, everything else? You see a lot of nonsense um, in, in this. You see good stuff too, but it's just masses of information or misinformation spreading through society. Now. What that means is that where this system goes, and if you play where technology is moving, um, one day you could say that day is 100 years out, you could say that day is 50 years out, 20 years out, but one day we're gonna have artificial general intelligence. A fair, is that a fair assumption? Because, because we're mapping the way for computers to do what our brains do, 
and we're unlocking different ways to do that. And that's our intelligence, finding better ways for, for us to live better. And so that will merge with, if you looked back at Boston Robotics 10 years ago, nobody would have predicted what those dogs and humanoid robots do today. And now if you predict them right now, you'll probably think, oh, okay, that dog's going to have a gun on it, and that's going to be really dangerous. But that, that unit or that robot will go into thousands of different uh, types of uh, robots, millions of different types of robots doing all, all functions. And if you keep playing that, so artificial general intelligence and robotics, effectively, if a computer could do anything better than us, and it could have any form. What would happen if you kept on stopping the progress of, 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 of the falling price of that by concentrating? Wouldn't that mean there would be somebody driving everything and everybody else would just be slaves to that system? Wouldn't that mean you'd have to concentrate that and it'd get worse and worse and worse? because it is just manipulation of money doing, doing that. And all of these things on the slide, um, all of these repercussions of that, are completely kind of ev evident as you go up that, that path because it just requires misinformation of money. I just did a talk in Austria, thank you for last, um, and, and, and somebody, somebody uh, asked quite a, quite a pointed question and said, well, we have to have inflation. And, and I said, well, that's a, you're contending that we have to have inflation. Is that, a, is, that, is that a first principle or is it just a belief? And, and that's where he, so he admitted technology was deflationary. But right back to, and a lot of people do this. Okay, technology is deflationary. They go right back to a system that it has to be inflationary because it's a belief. Thinking they stand out, right? And they have perfect information, while everybody else doesn't have perfect information. And every person in this room, there's a whole bunch of people in Bitcoin, by the way, we have perfect information. <laughs> um, but, but it is something that I think about often. I think about, okay, how would I kill Bitcoin? What would I do to, to do this? And I've come to the conclusion it's unstoppable. But, um, but I'm looking for my bias to say, where am I wrong? Constantly looking for my bias for where I'm wrong. What I love about this community, I think a lot of people uh, do the same thing. But you can imagine in that, in that world, when you're, as you get deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole and understand what this means and how it's a 180 degree shift from where we, where we are today and what it means, and further, how many other people don't see it, it's easy to, to look at those people and say, they're stupid, they're, they're powerful, they're manipulative, they're, they're everything else, because you know something that they don't. And, and, and I would ask you to look back at yourself three years ago, five years ago, whenever you got into Bitcoin, whenever you got deeper and deeper, and say, did I know this? And, it, and I think that's a really important thing, because when I think about all of my, most of my friends, normie friends, um, <laughs> they don't even know what I do, in this, uh, this space, they're still my friends. And, and they have no clue how, how big, uh, big this is. And we have these conversations all the time and they still doesn't quite break through. It's breaking through. 
some of them have moved over, and as they move over, they kind of do what we all do, move deeper and deeper and deeper. But it's a process, and most of the people in the world are way over here. And, and you think about what that would look like if your world is falling apart, and you have fear, and you can't pay your bills. Or, or are you going to lean into the system that says, I'll give you money, or if somebody yells at you for Bitcoin and says you're stupid, will you want to listen? Right? And, and, and really important to think, think through what that looks like for everybody else because this is going to be a journey. You're going to save lives by bringing people, uh, people over. Um, predictions of non-linker systems. Um, Bad Chang, uh, three physicists in 1987, did this experiment talking about chaos theory um, and, and it has implications for what we're talking about now. This experiment is called the sand pile game. And you can take a drop of a piece of sand um, on a table one at a time, going, going around. Um, and, and over time, that sand pile will get bigger and bigger. What they realize is at some point, sand pile reaches a critical state. Um, critical state is important in physics um, because it's a, at a time uh, water to ice is critical state. What we're going through in the entire economy is, is turning into a critical state. But this has important implications for that. Um, so what ends up happening is, is it, as you drop those sand, uh, pieces of sand or uh, grains of sand on a sand pile, you can never predict when it's going to fall. Sometimes it's ten pieces of sand. Sometimes it's hundreds, sometimes it's a million. You don't know. You can never know. Um, but everybody thinks they can, and they predict when it, when they can. Worse is as the critical state, as that ends up happening, so when you run a computer program, when you run a model to be able to do this, and when the physicists designed a model to do, to do this, they could color code the sand. They could color code the sand um, from those critical states, red being they're reaching a critical state, green being they're uh, green being or they're not. What they found on uh, these computer programs, on this computer program, is is what you would find is these fingers of instability going through the entire sand uh, sand pile, and then one grain of sand would cause it to collapse. It would rebuild and it cause a collapse, and more and more of these red fingers of instability were going through the sand pile, and then one grain of sand landing in the right spot would take down the entire center. And if you think about that world that we live in, and that, then now think about your predictions and think about all the people that you listen to on, 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 on financial analysts and everything else, that this is the thing that's going to cause this to topple. This is the thing. 2008 was a perfect example of a grain of sand causing a massive cascade. And there's a lot of people that thought, this is over, it's going to. It, it's, it's going to end, and it didn't. And those, but those fingers of instability continue to grow. They're growing. And today we face a time where one grain of sand, who knows what it is, is going to cause the whole system to collapse. We don't know when it could go on for for some time. It could end. It could end tomorrow. But eventually, that whole system is going to collapse. Um, and keep in mind that when it does. There will be a whole bunch of people that say, "Oh, you so this is the reason 
this it, it was because Japan failed, or because of this. But if you think through those implications, it could from it could come from anywhere. And it could, and why that happens is those those interconnections that you don't see, and in us are interconnections. How we change our minds. But maybe it's energy prices in Europe right now. Maybe it's it's, it's something else. But those interconnections start to cascade. And they cause other things to cascade and take the system down. And so with Bitcoin, so all of this is happening in the world we live in. And the world we live in that we measure all of the things by um, are, yeah, um, so we measure our house prices by the world we live in. And just think about this. If you said, I want hard money tomorrow, would you vote for a politician? That said, two politicians stand, stand up and say, one says, I have no more printing today. Every house price is going to collapse. Every bank is going to collapse. There's going to be no food on the street, no food on the shelves. Everything is going to co collapse. That's what we're going to do. We're going to let that happen. Versus a politician that says, we'll keep going, we'll keep on printing. They won't tell you they're keep print printing, but we'll be able to solve this. Who would you vote for? So when you understand that, you, what you realize is, we are the part of the problem too. We give the system more energy. We make it stronger and stronger and stronger, as with all of our time giving that system more strength. That's what I realized in Bitcoin. I realized that you have now something that's very hard to understand. You have a protocol level technology, decentralized and secure at its base. And we've never had human, humans have never had decentralization and security together. So we always trusted institutions and the rule of law to protect us from the all-powerful. That's what the Magna Carta was, that's what the Bill of Rights is, that's what the Constitution is. And those, those institutions, or so those laws or, or proclamations that protected us drove the free market. We were, and, 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 and when that happened, we were more productive, we built a better, uh, better economies. Um, but, the, but the rule of law doesn't protect you from money. And if it did, you would see the places where money is most broken would have the best rule of law. And, and so what's happening with, with Bitcoin is it's still decentralized, on the fire, final layer, it's decentralized and secure by design. Nobody can change that. You, you, many of you know why. I wrote a piece recently, Finding, finding Signal and Noise, that, that could explain that um, to hopefully a, a simple way to an audience that could listen to realize it. But what ended up happening with Bitcoin on layer one, it wasn't scalable. Five to seven transactions a second. And so if, if you looked out at that, at that system, and Bitcoin was making a whole bunch of money as, as a store of value, a whole bunch of people were getting rich, and then there was a market opportunity to be able to create something scalable. Um, you can totally see the market. You can totally see the mind of the way the market, Ethereum and everything else would naturally grow. But the problem by being scared in developing scalability in layer one is they had to sacrifice security or decentralization. So let's focus for a minute on security. Sacrificing security, um, obviously it's going to fail, so that's pretty easy. Sacrificing decentralization as something scales. Um, the economic reason alone means it will fail. And because the database is much more uh, efficient, 
and somebody has to pay for it. A blockchain is a terrible idea to centralize. And what that means, and that's kind of where our venture fund is and, and the works, is now you're entering with Lightning, Tarot, um, Fediment, a whole bunch of other, all of the people building now on top of it, who have a base layer that's completely solid, and you have a protocol layers on top of it that are going to open up an entire new opportunity, peer-to-peer -peer internet with money inside it, many of you know this. They, uh, that changes the world and it moves faster and faster and faster. And I can tell you from some of the big money people that I'm talking to that how much of a wall of money coming into this uh, because because they couldn't invest in this space before. They couldn't. Uh, they, there wasn't enough to build on to. There wasn't. A, there wasn't built in, in layers before, but now it is. And what that means is. I think you, many of you know this. I said it before, um, governments are elected by us. And if 3% of the population stood up to a government, it would, it would topple. But what ends up happening is the 3% the, the of the people never stand up in, in dictatorships. You just don't get 3% of the population standing up because it's too dangerous to do so. But in Bitcoin, you have this peaceful transition where we, and so what that means is the silent majority essentially give the governments its power because they're fearful of stepping out. They're fearful of, of, of that, and, and only a few people step out and they're hurt by that, that power. And they're either, they're either taken out of the system, killed in regions, um, and, it, and, and, and the power remains. In, in Bitcoin, it is, instead of, instead of Standing up, reaching out, breaking windows. Because imagine, imagine that case. I go and I, I go and do a lot of damage in the existing system. What ends up happening is a whole bunch of other people say, "Okay, fix it. Print more money to fix it." Right? And today we have a peaceful transition. And, and you, many of you know this. I talk about the bridge to the other side. The more people that just walk across the bridge, our idea is moving faster and faster create that bridge that's wider and wider for humanity to walk across the bridge. And it's a crazy, crazy, it changes everything, but it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And you have two network effects uh, feeding back on themselves. First, Bitcoin protocol layer, and now you have a network effect happening on, on Lightning. They're feeding back, making it stronger and stronger. And you have entrepreneurs now racing into the system to build more value for us on top of that. And as we see that value, it's easier and easier to use, and it, and it speeds up further and further and further. I can tell you from looking at, I think our uh, ego death has now looked at 280 companies. I cannot believe I get to be in this space to be able to see, to help entrepreneurs build the future of where this is going. It's just wild. And I'm going to leave this on, on this slide just before I go to questions. Something that I've said often. Abundance and money creates scarcity everywhere else. And scarcity and money creates abundance everywhere else. And it's a really simple concept, but true. You cannot print energy. You can't make up more energy. It has to be, it has to be earned. And, that, and keep in mind, there has been technology in energy distribution, more, more, we found more energy. So why is energy price? Why is energy so high price today? 
It's just because of the abundance of money. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to take, we have a couple minutes. If you have questions, please step up to the mic.
stop schools? Where do you see the biggest push pushbacks? It's it, it's and that's why I use Galileo looking up at the sky. There's just it, it's mostly the, I, I, don't get me wrong. There are some really evil people in in the existing system, but mostly it's not. And so when I think about talking, one of the things I I really think about is I know what all the game is. I know who's kind of really evil, not and who's just mistaken, and all the incentives. What I've got to be careful of is all as well as stepping into a landmine um, and being 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 taken out effectively, or or a whole bunch of people would say that person's theories are so idiotic. Look at what he does everywhere else. So this is, so you have to be really careful. You have to again, one of the things you have to do strategically is 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 talk at a level that you can get a whole bunch of people to understand that. Thanks. Okay. Okay. I'll come see you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.